Wolf and Luke. Who are you? Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witchbuster extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show, a Hard Knocks Wednesday as well. Wolf, how's it going over there? Man, it's going okay. An awful lot on the menu today. It is a work day, is it not? It is Wednesday right now, a huge game plan day in the National Football League. So many teams, they put in the bulk of their game plan on a Wednesday. And it feels good. So how much does that change with the game on Monday? You still put it in on Wednesday, right? You just have the extra day to prepare. Okay. Yes. Yeah, you install it. Typically, Tuesday is your day off for the most part. A lot of guys, they get Monday, Victory Mondays, right? They get that off, too. But most of the time, you come in, you watch the tape on a Monday, of course. Some coaches are a little bit different. Maybe they'll actually say, you know, take Mondays off and Tuesday, you know, now all of a sudden you'll come in and watch it. Then for me, I I loved coming in and watching it on Monday, the day after it happened. How's your uh, how's your morning going? Good. It's. <laughs> are you, I'm just asking. Okay, wait a minute. Um, are you asking? You're not me pulling this? a tooth out. Are no, you? you're okay. asking me this because uh, I was out on the treadmill yeah. this morning, based on As a matter I'm of asking. fact, can you give me a beat? Can you give me this a beat? This is worth right a beat. Now? This is definitely. Listen, um, the year was 2022, of course, <laughs> and I was broadcasting for Arizona Sports. Uh, can I tell you right now, I was out on the treadmill this morning, and I was running, and there I am. It's very early in the morning. I want to say 540 in the morning, and I'm out on the treadmill. It's very cold, as you would imagine right now. I don't care. Just warm up. Give me five minutes. Not, not outdoors, fine. right? No, I'm okay. on the treadmill, but yeah. it's I, I open the, the garage open. bay, right? So the door is open, of course, and it's very, very cool, and I'm running. I'm doing well, I might add. And then suddenly, um, my phone in, in the phone, the phone holder, it, it lights up. Somebody texts me. So I grab it and all of a sudden, oh man, I got to look at it because this is somebody that I, I really should read this text right here. Yes. So anyways, I, I bring it up and as I'm running on the treadmill, I'm very confident in what I'm doing. And suddenly I step on the edge where the treadmill is, well, there's no tread. <laughs> It's not milling. So basically, um, boom, the phone goes up into the air, kicks up into the air. I go down. I grab the phone as it's falling down. Both knees hit the treadmill. (laughs) Imagine now, both knees hit the treadmill. I grab the phone out of the air. But what's going to happen when those knees hit the treadmill, my friends? Oh boy, it kicked my legs back and I went face first into the treadmill with my right cheek. I had the wherewithal to say, wait a minute, turn your head. Don't on. lose any more teeth. Do not lose any more teeth <laughs> by landing on your face. Turn your <laughs> face, Ron, turn it. And I turned it and my face went right off the treadmill and it kicked me into a pile at the end of the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I, I have we have this huge clock that's next to it. I, and when I say huge, I'm talking about a clock that is four foot in diameter. 
It's huge. It hangs on a wall. It was just there. It came down crashing. The sound in the garage. All of a sudden, Stephanie, the warrior queen, the beautiful Miss Stephanie, I might add, she comes out and says, what are you doing? Are you okay? What's going on? Did you drop your phone? Yes, I dropped my phone. And you know what's the best part about it? It actually felt good. (laughs) Face first off the treadmill. The year was 2022, and I was broadcasting, of course, for Arizona Sports. I think the other best part of that that needs to be highlighted, you did make the catch. The phone never touched the ground, How about right? it, Matt? Yeah. I mean, in the midair, I can still see it. I can still see it in my mind right now, the phone hanging in midair, and I came, <laughs> and I caught the thing, and boom, both knees, which were bleeding profusely. That my wrist, too. Yeah, I were, didn't even know I was as bleeding. As you were telling us this story this morning, I was like, okay, I guess Wolf <laughs> does have a lot of like red all over him, but I didn't realize Listen, Once again, the there, there's one thing you need to know, based on things about me, if there's one thing, and it is this right here, um... I am really, really good at absorbing damage, any kind of damage. I can absorb it and give damage, of course. How's the treadmill look? In between the white lines, treadmill one. Treadmill one. Treadmill didn't have a separated shoulder like the dude you hit on the kickoff? Nothing wrong with a treadmill. But my face... It still it does. I you know it's starting to swell. I think I can feel it. <laughs> Interesting. I might have a shiner. How cool would that be? It'd be pretty cool. It'd be very very cool. All right. <laughs> All right. Good. I, you know what? I, I wanted to make sure house just, is clean. Yeah, let's get everything out there before the show officially okay. starts. I, I wasn't going to do this show knowing that no, that story was there. I, not I being told. To. Yes. That's how Wolf gets fired up for it a show. He gets up apparently at five thirty. Going in this beautiful part of the program and injures himself. We're going to start with the uh, forty nine. That felt good, too. Uh, I should mention, too, the Suns are playing Golden State tonight. Oh. So, you know, I got Suns Warriors. We got Hard Knocks tonight, and well. we've got uh, preparation. And we, eh, okay. we're going to try and get into whatever happened with Eno. But well, let's start with the 49ers. Well, okay. This team, this division yeah. rival that the Cardinals have yet to see this season, one and three in the division. You only got two divisional games left. You got the 49ers on Monday, and you got the 49ers in Week 18. Fingers crossed that that game against the 49ers in Week 18 is meaningful for the Cardinals, but if it is, this is the this more than any other team is going to be the team that stands in your way of getting where you want to go this season. So, what do you make of the 49ers when you start to really watch them? They're the most physical team I think the Arizona Cardinals will play in 2020. All season, even going forward. All season. Okay. I, I think they are the most physical team. You watch them offensively, you watch them defensively, they're built on the line of scrimmage. That's where they're behind. Listen, I know all about Debo Samuel. I'll I'll point to Debo Samuel, and I'll say that's exactly what I'm talking about, them being the most physical team. Even though, yes, it's built on the line of scrimmage, we're talking about a wide receiver who's Anquan Bolden. Yeah, <laughs> and plays like According Anquan, to Anquan Bolden. Bolden. He's exactly Bolden. right. So that's, he, that's not. And just by the way, I said that. that. No, I said that before. I actually you talked did. to the Quan about but, that. But, and unprompted, Anquan Bolden, when he was on here, we said, "Hey, what receiver yes. reminds you of you?" And he said, "Debo Samuel." And he also said, <laughs> "Fitz texted me watching the game and said, hey, this kid is you.'" The Quan. Don't get me started on the Quan. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Yet at the same time, um, there's no doubt about it. They are so 
physical. They run the ball offensively, physical. This is something that they have to do. Jimmy G's got to be in a balanced offense. Kyle Shanahan knows that. Um, they they do a great job defensively. They are the best front seven in the National Football League. When I look at them on tape, and you see it, number one in rushing yards per game allowed, and number one in rushing yards per play allowed. They you you can't move the ball against the 49ers. You can't do it easily. They're number one in first downs allowed in the National Football League, giving up 16.1 first downs a game. <laughs> this is how good they are. Oh, by the way, they're number four in points allowed as well. This no big is deal. this is an elite football team that is a physical football team and the only question I have when I sit here and watch them on tape is this how did they lose four games they lose to the teams they lost to to losing to okay Kansas City that's fine you lose to Atlanta you give up 28 to Atlanta I, 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 Atlanta, I don't know what to say. Atlanta's not as bad as I thought they were going to be, but I don't think they're as good as everybody suddenly thought they were a couple weeks ago. And they lost to the Bears and the Broncos. I still haven't given up on the Falcons, okay? I'm just telling Look, you right now. I hope right? the Falcons win that division. They're not winning that division. You've been all like, you have not liked the Falcons at all. I just okay? know how I this works. I still think they have a shot somehow, someway, because I'm not buying Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But you're approaching this from the having played in the league standpoint. I'm approaching it from the everything always works out perfectly for Brady, where he spends 15 years in a division where Mark Sanchez is the next best quarterback, and now he's in the NFC South, and it's going to take eight wins to win yeah. that division. Yeah. That's I, I just, I've seen this story 23 other times, and it always, it always ends it's with Brady in the playoffs. It's hard to disagree with your reasoning. It is. And, uh, and here we go again. Uh, all right. I've got a lot to get to today. Tonight it is Warriors versus Suns round two. So do you expect the same sort of intensity this time around? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This really is fitting, Wolf. We've come full circle with your story this morning. Because I don't know if you remember this. The first time I ever filled in on a show with you, it was like summer, late summer of 2017. Yeah, let me see. I don't remember. Okay, well, <laughs> do you remember yesterday's show? Um... Played hockey the night before, got hit in the face with a stick, and had this big cut across my face. Oh, how cool! And so I came in. I was like, I, maybe, maybe it's not noticeable. We did about three minutes, and you were like, "Yeah, what's wrong with your face?" Now I remember. That's what you said. To now me. I remember. What is wrong with your face? Well, I can't answer today, but at least okay. back then it was a big hockey stick cut across my. You face. like the scar, Arbeti? You're was like a, a pirate. It wasn't the worst uh, way to wake up in the morning. Uh, all right, to basketball tonight. The last time the Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors met was this season, and if you will recall, there were seven technical fouls tying an NBA record in one quarter. Wow. You know what? Honestly, right now, that is, think about that. Uh, who actually dusted up out there on the floor? Who went at it, by the way? Ask yourself, do you remember that, Basin Onids? Well, look, everybody, it's Devin Booker. He said some stuff. David Booker was out there, and he was having an issue, having a problem with Clay Thompson. Man. Yeah. Think about tonight. Does the plot grow a little bit thicker? Yes, it does. I would say 
even to go into more detail, Clay Thompson had a real problem with Devin Booker. Now, yes, I don't know what did. Devin Booker ultimately said. I remember Devin Booker after the game saying, I have all the respect in the world for Clay Thompson. I told people when I got drafted, I want to be Clay Thompson. But definitely, when you got on the floor, and I'm assuming it's this way with Devin Booker quite a bit, when you're on the floor with Devin Booker for those 48 minutes, he has been pretty clear about this. He has no friends on the other team. Yeah. And uh, he has shown that to Minnesota repeatedly, where he's supposed to be best. member. Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, he's going to want to go play there because they're his best friends. Yeah. Instead, he just has his best games against them now. Um, yeah, he got under Clay Thompson's skin. And if you think, <laughs> well, yeah, Clay always gets tossed. Clay's never gotten tossed yes, from a game, ever, never. in his entire NBA career. Think about that for a minute right now, man. That is the game within the game right there. You got a trash talker like D-Book. Man, I love Clay Thompson. And I have from the beginning. You know, from the draft, coming out, I said I want to be Clay Thompson. You know, that doesn't excuse us from competing against each other and, and talking a little mess with each other. So I have fun with it. Big fan of his and his, and his competitive nature. Um, and that's that. This is why I love Devin Booker, man, because of that right there, that cut right there, a class act all the way through, even though he was out there talking trash on the floor, <laughs> talking trash on the floor, getting under Clay Thompson's skin to a point where he was ejected for the first time in his career. Clay Thompson doesn't strike me as a withering lily, ladies and gentlemen. He never will. And, and yet at the same time, you know he's been hot before. It wasn't just Devin Booker that you know Clay Thompson has been hot before, yet he's never been ejected from a game, Mm-mm. and yet D-Book is the one that was under his skin. He really got under his skin, I too, think if you remember that. It, I think a lot of it had to do with the fact Clay Thompson was one of seven, I believe, from the floor, uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken. One of seven from the floor, had a bad game, and D-Book was lighting it up. Yeah, and then uh, Clay Thompson went to the, okay, well, uh, I have, he was actually one of eight from the floor. He, was I, he? I what about, there you go. Uh, oh. he, he went to the four rings. I was wrong. He made sure to tell everybody he had four rings. He made sure to point to that as he walked off the floor at Footprint Center. The game tonight is at Footprint Center. I just, I'm fascinated by this game tonight, Wolf, because you have two teams that are... Golden State's waiting for the playoffs. Golden State's six and eight. They know what they can do in the playoffs. You're saying they're not afraid. I, I just they know they're how to pace panicking. themselves. Yeah, no, they're not panicking. They know how to pace themselves. I just, but at the same time, yes, this is this regular season game in the middle of November in a season where everybody in the NBA just seems to take every other night off except Devin Booker, and yet. The first meeting between these two teams was in October, and it was intense. So I'm expecting nothing less tonight. No, I'm with you on this one, man. I think when these two teams get together with their culture and the Warriors, they have culture. There's no doubt they have culture. Um, so so do the Phoenix Suns. Now, listen, it's a year-to-year proposition. I do believe that very much like the National Football League, the NBA, is a year-to-year proposition. And you've got to come together as a team with the new pieces. And we certainly know there's new pieces with the Phoenix Suns in particular. They're still finding what their culture is going to be, I think, going forward. I don't think it's settled yet with the Suns at all. But you know it's a big part of what they do. They're dogmatic when it comes to it. Culture is part of who Chris Paul is. Culture is part of who Monty Williams is. 
Devin Booker, the same thing. So I think it's a work in progress right now. But, man, I'll tell you what, two teams that are known for having that culture, and it's one of the reasons why they clashed in October. This is one of those teams, too, like you said. You know, it's, okay, you got the Suns. They got a very strong culture. They had one last year. They had one the year before. But it is a different makeup of a team this year. I think playing Golden State is the sort of game where you find some of that culture and you find some of that identity for the season. How are you going to show up against Golden State? How are you going to show up when somebody's going after Devin Booker, even if it is Clay Thompson and the Suns? I mean, they were ready to throw down if they had to in that game. How are you going to show up against Golden State? They won the first meeting by 29, the Suns did. Yeah. It wasn't a close game. And, and that's what I'm saying. You can look at Golden State's record and be like, okay, well, you know, they're taking it lightly. They're 6-8. You know, they're and eight. They're just kind of coasting through the first couple months. That's probably true, but they weren't in that game. Golden State came out in that game with the sort of intensity. I remember talking about the next day. It was almost like they were looking at the Suns like, why weren't you the team we played in the Western Conference Finals last year? And I know Golden State's like, why weren't you the team we we beat in the Western Conference Finals? But let's be real. Everybody that knows basketball knows the Suns are, were a better team than Dallas except for a week last year. And it's the wrong time to not be the better team. But that's the Golden State came out in that game in October like this should have been a playoff series last year. And we're going to just kind of show you something. Yeah, you know, they, they definitely had an agenda coming into this game, right? And I don't want to make it sound like the Suns didn't have an agenda. Oh, yeah, either, they did too. Right? But they you would did. expect that. Yeah, I, you would expect that, uh, but the Warriors, it seemed like, okay, you know what, um, let's poke and pry yeah. you. Okay. Warriors, come out to play. Yes, so of course, we all know that uh, the, the ball thing drives me nuts. Still, um, at the same time, I mean, the Warriors, uh, world champions, based on it's world champions, and yet, somehow, some way. As they were trying to make a statement, the Suns were the one jabbing them in the eye, That's, metaphorically speaking. Yeah, I mean, that blows your mind. You would expect from the Suns' perspective to be like, we should have been in the Western Conference Finals against this team. We're the team that could have beaten them last year. They're the defending champs. They've got all the rings. They're going to get our best. What was interesting is Golden State in that game being like, okay, this Suns team is not a joke. We're going to show them something. And they didn't, and it was one regular season game. And they not, were home as well. Yeah. And, and and the Suns are home again tonight. Uh, I just I, I remember from that game finding it very interesting that Clay Thompson would get tossed, and finding it interesting that Golden State would look at the Suns like a lot of times. When, a lot of times when you're the defending champs, everybody that wants to get involved is just kind of like your little brother. Like whatever. Yeah, this isn't a rivalry. Yes, you're gonna get you're gonna get the other team's best because you are the defending champions in the world. Yes, of course. Golden State seemed to to be out to prove something in that game, and they didn't, but again, it was a regular season game. I want to see, uh, it would be nice to see just a full-fledged, intense basketball game tonight. That was playoff intensity on October 25th. I'm hoping we get that again tonight. Now, we yeah. still don't know who's going to play tonight for the Suns. Yeah, and you have to wonder what's going to happen, too. Um, I know DeAndre Ayton is going to play tonight. We can expect DeAndre Ayton we can to, expect play to play tonight. And um, Draymond Green as well, right? Draymond Green is going to play. Yeah. And you have to wonder what Draymond Green has got planned for DeAndre Ayton. Because to me, this is remember a guy... Remember last time? Remember what DA said what last saying, time? This yeah. man. This is a guy who likes to jab somebody in the face, metaphorically speaking, and sometimes literally. Yeah. This is a guy Even that... his own teammates. Especially when he finds a guy that he perceives to be soft. 
Listen, I, can I can I tell you right now, some of the biggest guys out on the football field that I played against, some of the biggest guys were some of the softest guys. And man, when you found one of them, you just would not leave him alone on the football field, if you know what I mean. You were just constantly riding this dude, this guy that was so big and looked like he could, you know, just go out there and destroy everybody. And yet he was buttering the microwave set on high at four. 45 seconds. <laughs> I don't even know where to go after that. DeAndre Ayton last game afterwards gave some insight. Why did I to bring that, that up? I don't know. Why did I bring uh, that up? Now I'm hungry because oh, I'm because like, Dream on, Dream on, of course. I think he might look at DeAndre Ayton well, and say, did. you know what? Yeah. That, you know that what? was the quote that you yeah. like that you keep referencing was, was DA after that game saying, like, I'm not, somebody's going to try and get my face. I'm not going right. to fight him. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> okay, listen, um, DA, that's good. That's really good. Don't fight him. Don't don't do that. Get suspended, fines. Don't do that. You don't ever want to lose your cool. Don't fight him. Literally. <laughs> but on the field, on the floor, on the ice, have at it, bruh. <laughs> All right. I mean, go. Engage in the brawl, metaphorically speaking, in the physicality of the game. Don't get pushed around by Draymond Green. Fight him, metaphorically speaking. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Is there a new team at the top of our NFL power pool? We'll find out next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL power 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 power. Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is time for the power pull heading into week 11 of the NFL season. As I said, as I feel like I say this every week, Wolf, this NFL season just flies by. I believe we're already getting to week incredible. 11 of the season. It's it's unreal. All right. Cannot. Are you kidding me? Thanksgiving looms. Oh, when is it? Wednesday or Friday? Yeah. A week from today. Once a year, baby. All right, let's start with number five. I think we're getting some clarity here in, in terms of who the top teams are. Now, the order. <laughs> Good luck with that. Let's start at number five. Number five. Number five. Wolf, I've decided I'm going first this week. My number five team is the Miami Dolphins. A team, they were my AFC, I think a lot of people's AFC Philadelphia team coming into the season. Okay, they're going to be a wild card. They're going to look out for them. They're going to sneak into the playoffs. Um, they are better than I thought. They are 7-3. and three. They've beaten Buffalo. Tua is an easy guy to root for, but he's better than I thought he was going to be, too, at the NFL level. I don't know how you can keep Miami out of the top five at this point. Okay, Luke, uh, let me see. I'm going to go ahead and say that the Baltimore Ravens are actually going to be number five. The Baltimore Ravens, yes, indeed. I had them in the power poll last week. They have resurfaced once again. One of the most physical teams in the National Football League. They are number two in rushing yards per game and number two in rushing yards per play. They're third down. They're number six. They're in the top ten. They do a great job staying on the field. They're scoring points once again. The Baltimore Ravens, they've built this team, John Harbaugh, on the line of scrimmage offensively and even defensively. And because of it, we're starting to see them return to their roots. The Ravens at number five. That's a good pick. The AFC is is ridiculous this year. On to number four. Number four. Four. 
Never thought I would have this team this low, Wolf. And I'm I'm assuming this is the lowest they're ever going to be this season. Oh. However, <laughs> at a certain point, the losses do matter. I have Buffalo at number four. Wow. They keep losing you games. You got them in the top five. I still have them in the top five, yeah. I still think they are a, a Super Bowl contender. But um, And I will say, this breaks my rule. I, I never like to have a team ahead of a team that beat them. I understand Miami beat Buffalo. Let's see what happens the second time around. I did I did wrestle with that, but I still have Buffalo in the top five. Their losses are last second. I mean, that was a weird one against Minnesota. But at the same time, if I'm a Bills fan, at what point do I get concerned that we're losing all the close games? Because that's typically what the playoff games are going to be. You're not going to be blowing teams out in the playoffs. It's going to come down to overtime, or it's going to come down to a last-second drive. So I still have Buffalo top five, but I have them dropped to number four. Okay, that's good, Luke. Thank you very much. We appreciate that. Your affection and affinity for my Orchard Park Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Flat number here. four, because of seven and three. Because of the fact the Miami Dolphins beat the Buffalo Bills, they are number four in this week's power poll. Number four, of course, their offense right now just on fire. Tyreek Hill, of course, has changed the dynamic for the Miami Dolphins and Tua Tunga Vailoa. They're number three in yards per game, number two in yards per play. Oh, wait a minute. Number three in passing yards per game, number one in passing yards per play. They're in the top ten in terms of points scored. The Miami Dolphins and their offense, number four in the power pole. It is amazing when you look at what Tyreek Hill's doing with and for Miami and what Patrick Mahomes is doing in Kansas City, that the Chiefs only have one Super Bowl with that, with those two together. Uh, on to number three. <laughs> number three. Three. All right, number three. This is admittedly higher than I ever thought I would have this team this season, Wolf. But at a certain point, the Minnesota Vikings are 8-1. and I've had them in the top five, but they are up to number three at this point because they just beat Buffalo. They have won seven straight one-score games. Wow. Which is either, and it's probably both, I guess. Uh, it's either, hey, you're getting kind of lucky here, but also you're winning the close games. Those are the sort of games you are going to play in the playoffs. That's an NFL record. Seven straight one-score wins like that. And you got to take them seriously. Buffalo's fan base and Minnesota's fan base, two of the hungriest fan bases in football to finally get a Super Bowl. And you got to figure... They've each got a pretty good shot at at least getting there this year. See, and for the reasons you just said, I also have the Minnesota Vikings at number three right now. You you just don't by chance win seven one-score games. You're winning those games, man. That means you're in it, and that means you play your best when it matters the most. For me right now, I I look at the Minnesota Vikings and the fact they're eight and one, and they've got seven wins by one score, a one possession win. I look at that and count that as a plus for the Minnesota Vikings and how good they are. And they're getting better on the defensive side of the ball, man. And if they get Dalvin Cook going, look out. The Minnesota Vikings could be for real. I also don't think you can be outside the top five under any circumstances when you have Justin Jefferson making catches oh like he goodness. made. <laughs> that went over the Bills. He's the best wide receiver in the National Football League at this point in time. Yeah, you know, I heard this question the other day. Would you rather have Tyree Kill or Justin Jefferson right now? I, th- I, th- I think Jefferson's the better receiver. I think receiver. he's the more complete receiver. Yeah. I think Tyree 
Tyree Kill is more dangerous. Tyree Does Kill, that make it's sense? It's unbelievable how slow he makes fast NFL players look. <laughs> it's on boy, it is. All right. Unbelievable. On to number two. Number two. Sorry, the number two guy got you there. I have uh, I have Philadelphia at number two. Eight and one. Okay. Coming off a loss. Um, I've been waiting to put my number one team at number one for a while, but you, I couldn't justify it with Philadelphia being undefeated. Still think Philadelphia is legit. Still think if it's Philadelphia and Minnesota at some point in the playoffs, I'm probably taking Philadelphia. Uh, no shame in being number two and number one in the NFC, but eight and one, they take their first loss. I do want to see how they respond coming up to that. Okay, um, I am going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs at seven and two, of course. Number two, the Kansas City Chiefs. We all know about Patrick Mahomes. We all know about the high-powered offense. Their defense starting to solidify a little bit, um, come together around Chris Jones. So for me right now, the Kansas City Chiefs, number two. All right, uh, that's Kansas City who I have at number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. Yeah, Chiefs 7-2 and two, like you just said. For me, they are the one team right now I know for sure can just blow a team out if that team's not not supposed to be in the game with them. I still have questions about some of these other teams letting lesser teams hang around. Not really with the Chiefs. The Chiefs usually take care of business. But also, if it is a closer game, I'm confident in them pulling it out. Now, they have two losses this season. One to the Colts. If you watch that game, that was a weird game. You could just kind of tell they were destined to lose. Uh, Matt Amendola was their kicker for that game. He missed a couple kicks. He missed one late that would have tied it. That was just a weird game. The other one was a, a last second loss to the Buffalo Bills. So 7-2. and two. I just think right now, if you told me the playoffs are starting tomorrow, I'm taking the Chiefs over pretty much anybody in a one-and-done. Okay, um, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, at 8-1. and one. I got the Eagles at number one in my power poll. Really love the fact that offensively they score. Offensively they can run the ball. They can beat you in a lot of different ways. Um, I also love the fact that their defense is coming together. Um, yes, the rush defense is still the issue. It's still the problem with them. But this is a team, you watch them on tape, they just didn't have a lot of holes when you watched them when they played the Cardinals and watching them now they continue to win games do a great job their defense is coming around number two in passing yards per game allowed number two in passing yards per play allowed their interception rate is number two in the National Football League they are going to get pressure on your quarterback and they are going to turn you over that's what they do oh by the way they're also elite in sacks per attempt They go after teams and get after teams and quarterbacks in particular. The Philadelphia Eagles, man, by virtue of their defense, number one in the power bowl. So we actually had four of the five teams the same, just not any of them in the same spots. Like We we both had Kansas City, Philadelphia, Minnesota, and Miami in our top five. We just had them out of order. And then you had Baltimore in a five. But you didn't have Buffalo in your top five. No. (laughs) Honestly, right now, they've they've lost games that... They shouldn't have. They're in third place in their division. That's and they're zero two in the division. So at a certain point, and by the way, oh look, it's my elbow. Well, that's the thing. If Josh Allen, if we find out that elbow is actually worse than they've been letting on, then they could have some legitimate problems. Uh, all right, when we come back. The fallout continues regarding you know Benjamin's release. We're getting a little more details. Maybe we'll get more tonight on Hard Knocks. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Welcome back to the show. I will once again reference that Hard Knocks is tonight. Wolf, partially with the hope that we get some clarity on whatever's going on with the Eno Benjamin situation, uh, which isn't a situation for the Cardinals anymore. He has already been claimed by Houston. Seattle tried to get him. Kansas City tried to get him. I think the Giants were there. There was four teams that that we know tried to get him. Uh, And this goes back to what you said yesterday. And I want to make sure I clear this up to start things off. Not, Not a performance thing. No. Like, I feel like 98% of the people that, that I talk to are like, yeah, okay, this is weird. And there's the 2% that are like, big deal, he's not any good. And then I find out they went to U of A. Let me, let me just say this. When a U of A player gets to the NFL or the NBA, I stop thinking of them as, as part of the rivalry. Okay. Like Rob Gronkowski's yes. a good player, even though he went to the school I don't like as Agreed. much. Um, you know, Benjamin was, was performing like a player that you want to keep on your team. For all the heat Steve Kime talks about missed draft picks, he hit on that one. It was a very late pick, and you know if James Conner had to miss the game against the Chargers, let's say in two weeks, you could confidently hand the ball to Eno for that game and be fine. It wasn't performance. Something else happened. Yeah, something else happened. And and now you're thin at running back. Yeah, yeah, but once again, guys, um, this happens all the time. It does. A player and a coach, they get at it. This is something I was talking about. I understand it. Do you go jaw to jaw sometimes with the coach on the sideline? Yes, you do. It all matters about what you say and what you do after that. It all matters. I mean, it, it go um, get into a disagreement with your boss and say the wrong thing and tell me that you're going to be fine. No, you know what? That's the way life let's, works. Let's try that. Let's. Uh, I think Jared's still around. Let's have him go get into a disagreement <laughs> with one of the bosses and see if he's still here tomorrow. I'm just saying, you know what, honestly, uh, if you say the wrong thing, um, many times you burn a bridge. Well, it is sounding more and more like that's what happened. This is Kent Summers on the Extra Point Pod yesterday. Words start to filter out. A couple of other people reported, look, you know, was unhappy with his playing time and, uh, and I delved into it a little bit and confirmed that, that he let those feelings be known during last week's game in which he played one offensive play and I think four special teams plays um, and heard that, you know, he got into uh, an altercation in the locker room with an assistant coach. You know, and the backdrop of all this is, hey, the Cardinals won in Los Angeles and they're celebrating in that same locker room, smiles all around, Cliff Kingsbury's handing out game balls, and then you've got this other situation going on. And so that's, you know, maybe more will leak out, but obviously the, the Cardinals found the whole deal untenable and, and let him go. Yeah. You know, once again, I can't tell you how many times I want to say maybe um, 10, 12 times in my 10 years, I saw something similar to that. A guy that belonged in the NFL, a guy that could play in the NFL. And for whatever reason, um, it got personal. And he was gone. Yeah, it happens all the time. I think what Kent just said right there is is an important detail. And like I said, I'm hoping they show this on Hard Knocks. I don't know that they will. Locker room right after the game. But they do have access, so we'll see. But the fact that it happened after a win is is strange. And what we were kind of hearing earlier in the week is this may have happened on the sideline during the game. And it's like, sideline during the game, if the guy's mad about playing time, yeah. do you really have to cut him? If, if he's a legit NFL player that other teams like the Chiefs are like clamoring to get on their team, like you have a good player. And he doesn't have to be as good as James Conner to be a good player. But 
after a win, and every and it's been so hard to get wins this year. Yeah. And everybody's celebrating, and he's mad about playing time. I could see how that would rub people the wrong way. Yeah, but you know what? Honestly, yeah, I get that. But even during the game on the sideline, once again, it's not what you say, right? Base earnings. You've heard this mm-hmm. in this business. It's not what you say; it's how you say it. Yeah. That makes all the difference for, in for better the world. or for worse. Yeah, exactly right. So, you know, for me, um, would you say that Eno Benjamin is this well-established NFL player, this well-established running back? No. Do I believe Eno Benjamin blogs in the NFL? I said it over and over and over again. I loved, I loved Eno Benjamin as an Arizona Cardinal. Loved it. Yet at the same time, man, this is what happens. You say the wrong thing to the wrong guy in the wrong place, yeah, and you get cut. Unless you're a starter. Well, yeah, and and we're not talking about Derrick Henry. We're talking about we're talking about a guy that was still trying to prove himself in this league, but ironically was proving himself finally this year. So it, it's it what I don't want is him to go off in Houston and everybody to be like, well, wait, wait, why did they let him go? And it, fortunately, I guess he's in Houston and not Kansas City because Kansas City needs a running back. He could have stepped right in. We could have been seeing him hold the Lombardi trophy here. I mean, I'm pulling for the guy, but we don't need a, another player that the Cardinals drafted going and performing no, I somewhere hope else. Eno goes and lights it up, man. Seriously. Uh, I hope he has a great career. I, I do, too. Because I, I understand that. it happens all the time. Guy gets cut because he said the wrong thing to the wrong dude. Well, you know I'm a big Eno fan, so I'm pulling for him. I just don't need to see him holding the trophy this year right after that. I think Cardinals fans at a certain point are going to lose it. This is Carlos Dansby. He was on with Bickley and Murata this morning just talking about the that scenario you're you're bringing up where you know, a guy gets into it with a coach, says the wrong thing at the wrong time. How often do you see that? It has, it has to be real bad. It has to be real bad because it happens on a daily basis. Um, coaches get into it with players all the time, especially when the player is not playing up to his potential. Um, the coach want to try to pull it out of them. Um, but like you said, once again, we all grown men at the end of the day. Um, and it's, it's got to be uh, some respect boundaries in that at some point. And uh, once that line is crossed, then, you know, things like this happen. Um, guys get frustrated. Um, like I said, they're not playing up to their potential. Um, it's a lot of stresses, man. It's a lot of stresses in this game. <laughs> <laughs> from 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 family to you being able to go out on the field and perform at the level that you want to perform at, um, and if it's not going your way, man, you're gonna be on edge. And all it takes is the right moment and the right time, somebody to say something sideways to you, uh, and 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 here we go. It's an altercation, yeah. and you know uh, it happens. It happens a lot. Um, it just don't be talked about. Um, and like I said, it had to be pretty damn bad for him to get um, released. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, once again, and you cross that line and it gets personal, not professional. Boy, I've been at it with a a coach, a head coach, position coaches, coordinators. I've been at it jaw to jaw on the sideline, but it was always respectful. You cross that line, man, and you do it in front of people as well. Yeah, that matters inside the culture of a locker room. You better believe it. Yeah, and I hate this story. I really do because I do think the Cardinals, look, this team has lost so many players to injuries this season. We, It's a constant narrative around this team that they've missed on too many draft picks. There's a depth guy where you hit on the draft pick and you hit on one late. And how much does that help your team when you're getting a guy in the sixth or seventh round that can contribute? I had some of those stats uh, yesterday that, that CBS had where if you just look at the small sample size, he was doing stuff in his limited playing time 
at like a rate of Brees Hall before he got hurt or Aaron Jones and yeah. Green Bay, like really good yeah. running backs. The question for me with Eno was could he do it if he had to be your starter for 17 games? But in terms of like, hey, if James Conner couldn't play on Monday against the 49ers yeah. and they were like, Eno's starting, all right. Eno's look good. Now you had to voluntarily get rid of a guy like that. We don't know the whole story, but I, man, I just feel like everybody loses in this one. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I will say this. Eno can take this and learn from it. And if he does take this and learn from it, learn that, hey, you know what? Maybe I had some culpability in this as well. And does not repeat the same mistake. He's going to have a 10-year career in the National Football League, maybe 12. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird, it's a very weird story. Here's one more from Kent Summers clearing up a little bit of it on the Extra Point pod. I heard, you know, also that Eno made it evident during the game that he wasn't happy. You know, and I thought it was strange during the game that the the, the one time they did go to a, the backup, it was Keontae Ingram and not Eno Benjamin, and we all were wondering, you know, where's where's Eno? I mean, his only significant play in that game was you know when he botched the kick return. Uh, they gave him poor field positions, but just a bizarre turn of events. And uh, I guess he's a Houston Texan now. The Texans claimed him uh, today on the waiver wire. So, and in fairness, his agent Drew Rosenhaus said he knows nothing of any of altercation in the locker room or words being exchanged. Um, he doesn't think that's true. So he worded it very carefully, more than an outright uh, denial. But I, I've been assured by a, a couple people that it happened. So something happened. The Cardinals <laughs> didn't just look and say, we got to get rid of this guy. He's helping us. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah. I think Drew was talking on behalf of his client and probably talking to some teams that were out there and whether or not they wanted to pick him up and, you know, what kind of issue is it? And I'm sure Drew was basically saying, oh, there's uh, yeah, stop it. There's nothing here. <laughs> he wouldn't be the first agent to do that. Wasn't uh, Drew Rosenhaus the next question guy with Terrell Owens? Wasn't that Drew Rosenhaus? He just every, every time they ask a question, just next question. It was the Texans who got him, according to Field Yates. The Saints, Seahawks, and Chiefs were all trying to get him, too. So I'll just say this. I'm glad he's not on the Seahawks. How about that? Yeah, I don't need too. Pete Carroll talking about how great Eno is next Stinky year or something. Pete. Yeah, Just go to Houston. Uh, get it going again, Eno. You know everybody here is rooting for you. But, man, what a, what a rough... Um, what a rough story this week. All right, we come back. What's the Cardinals offense need heading into week 11? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.